Our next performer has one of the wildest acts I've ever seen. Get ready to have your mind blown by Dave Jaskow and the Train B Circus. These are very special African jellyfish bees, and they don't like sound very much. So when you, no, 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 they hate the sound more than anything. It's time to pick our champion. I'm sorry. Hi, everybody. It's an all-new podcast coming at you. Post-crashing, post the tears, the drama, the, the, the overweightness, the baldness. Yes, all very confusing, conflicting things. And all probably in, all really good. But, uh, well, you know how it is. We'll talk about it on the other side of the opening theme, which we love. The only good thing about this week is uh, at least chips didn't do well at the box office. I mean, thank God there is some sort of silver lining in uh, all of this. I, I, I don't think I could live with myself if chips was a hit. That, that I, I think we all realize that Dak Shepard is, is not a lot of laughs. And uh, somebody, somebody has to stop him. And speaking of not a lot of laughs, well, I wasn't feeling very good about it. Now, I'm taping this on a uh, Monday. Uh, because I have uh, so much to do the rest of the week, and I certainly didn't want to forego a podcast. I'm just getting better still off that stupid whatever the hell I have is, <clears throat> as you can see, still problematic. Um, I don't know. You know, it's that chest thing I've had for, well, it'll be two weeks on Wednesday. I mean, this is ridiculous. But it's definitely better. But it's, you know, it's an annoyance. still cough as if I've been smoking cigarettes for 20 years. Which is the worst, and you know I hate sitting next because I hate sitting next to people that are coughing like that. I can't imagine what uh, people are thinking of me, and I'm very, very uptight about the way I am perceived. I am not like Atel or 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 Artie, who clearly don't seem to give a, a crap about their appearance. I truly do have a problem with it, and uh, I, I've always tried to do the best I can now obviously I could you know it's I could lose weight like you know that's that's on me I choose not to so anyway I'm watching crashing uh well here's what here's what happened on on Sunday night and uh it's uh confusing I don't want to be uh rude about it certainly it was a a, a very exciting thing to have happened but I was nervous you know I hadn't seen it so I was very nervous about uh, my appearance in, in the towel as we've talked about endlessly on this show so uh, Sunday was the Elite Eight you know over the weekend uh, the Sweet 16 to the Elite Eight so I'm, I, I wasn't watching a lot of the games but you know I bet on it uh, I'm watching the North Carolina Kentucky game and I have North Carolina minus two and if they win, I win $400, which is a good deal. And they were up by five. And then, of course, it just uh, they had a last-minute buzzer. They win by two. It's a push. But, you know, the whole last two minutes, I'm 
yes, no, yes, no. And then, of course, some idiot, you know, in can't count in his head the seconds and he inbounded the ball incorrectly. So I'm mad at that guy forever. And, uh, you know, that's what lost me money. But that happens in basketball and or any, you know, if you gamble, it's that's what you get. But when I gamble like that and I finally do turn on the TV and I usually have the whole tournament, I haven't been watching any of the games. I've just been looking at the scores, and if it gets close down to the wire, then I'm like, okay, then I'll, I'll tune in. But so yesterday, you know, it was close, so I tuned in. And the way I always watch everything in football, whatever, if I have money on it, is um, I'm pacing the whole time. I'm walking back and forth. I cannot concentrate on anything else. I'm watching the game. I'm clapping. I'm like, oh, my God, you suck. You know, all those emotions that go through, but I, I have to pace back and forth. It's, uh, you know, a mess. That's why it's very difficult for me to watch with people or the people that know me, like when I'm at the Super Bowl, the playoffs, like um, my friend Lee Morak or something, they, they see me just pacing up and down. It's, it's not a fun time. I can't pretend like it's a, it's a good time. Um, <clears throat> you can hear uh, the congestion in my voice. So, you know, that's what I'm doing and, and the game ends and it's no big deal because I don't, you know, I'm up money, so it didn't, it, it's not a big deal. I don't want that to. Uh, I don't want that to affect your performance. I don't want it to affect my night, and it didn't. Everything was fine. Everything worked out great. But that's what I do. I pace up and down, all nervous about what's happening. So Sunday night, that was around what seven seven thirty. I got three hours until crashing. You know, that's what I'm telling me. And the whole weekend, I'm upset. Saturday, my sister and I went to my mother's, and I'm I'm when I'm going home, I'm I'm paranoid. I'm nervous. I'm very uptight. And the whole day Sunday, I'm very uptight as if as if I'm performing it live. I'm so nervous about it. Not nervous excitement. I'm pretty sure I'm nervous of the way I look. I'm worried about the way I performed. I feel like I let them down. I mean, I am a Jew mess. There's just no other word for the nebishy nonsense of what I'm feeling uh, knowing the show is going to air and people are going to see it. And that's why I was always conflicted. Do I, do I tell people? Of course I want to tell people. Uh, but then I'm like, well, I don't want them to see me. And do I tell old girlfriends? Because look at me. I'm disgusting. I'm, you, know, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I want to tell everybody. But then, you know, when you actually think about it. And so... So far, so Sunday, I'm 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 a wreck. I can't even talk to people on the phone. I I don't know. I'm very uptight about it, excited but uptight, and then you know worried like when it's over, I don't have anything else going on. It's like so many different emotions. So Sunday, I, I at my mother's house, I found out I lost. If you can believe it, I lost 15 pounds. I don't know how, and I kind of know how. Like after the podcast, I haven't been treating myself to food. I just like kind of eat what's in the house. And a little bit lighter. I've been eating a little less. I don't know whether I've been trying or whether it's the sickness. Whatever it is, I went. I got to a one eighty six. You know, remember when I told you I broke that two hundred mark and my my underwear all got all stretched out. You know, it's it's unbelievable, right? So, so I was pretty happy about that. And then I was like, I don't even know how I did it. But also, you know, not eating chicken wings and beer every Monday was probably way helpful. It being March now, that would take effect or something. You know. So, uh, so, but then for some reason on Sunday, even though I was full, I'm like, I, I'm going to order a meatball parm. 
I must have seen it on TV. I'm like George Costanza. If you ever watch Seinfeld, they don't they never talk about it, but there's very subtleness that when somebody's talking about a certain food, George orders it at the diner. And nobody really talks about it, but it's one of those things that nobody even laughs about. It's not even a canned laughter, or not canned, but you know, an audience laughter thing. He just orders. If they're talking about something, he ends up ordering it, and that's kind of the joke that he has no willpower whatsoever, and he can be talked in anything. And I'm that way too. And I must have seen or heard somebody eating a meatball Parmesan sub somewhere, and I said, that's what I'm going to have. And I'm like, well, it's Sunday. I, I will treat myself on Sunday. If it was a weekday, I, I don't think I would have had that. But uh, I had it, and then, of course, I you know my stomach hurt. And, you know, I was like, well, I lost the 15 pounds, but then I'm going to be fat on TV, so why would I? You know, all that stuff is going through my head. So then I sit down and I watch Girls, because remember, I told you about trying to watch Girls before crashing because to be polite. And uh, this show, Girls, is just not my cup of tea, but I, I watch it anyway. Meanwhile, uh, this particular episode, that guy, is his name Andrew Reynolds, the guy who plays her gay friend. You know, this is the guy from Book of Mormon, and I've also seen him in Hamilton playing King George. I mean, this guy's terrific. I mean, you know, I like show tunes, and this guy. So this guy sang. He was auditioning for, the, you know, which is kind of funny, the Broadway show of White Man Can't Jump. And he had an, they showed his audition and he was singing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love this guy's voice. I mean, I love this guy's voice. And as gay as it is, as weird as it is, I, I love that kind of shit. I can't help it. So I'm like, oh, my God, he's so talented. I'm coming up next. I look horrible. I'm untalented. I mean, every that. So I'm like, this is bothering me now. I'm like thinking people are going to watch this. It's five minutes before it goes on. And they're going to be like, well, this guy's talented. I mean, I'm, I'm a mess about it. But I'm sitting there minding my own business. I'm uh, just sitting on my couch, lounged out, watching as if nothing's happening. The show comes on. I'm watching it. I'm watching. I'm watching it. And then I come on. I'm, I, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I come on. I see myself. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm disgusting. I'm disgust. Look at me. I am so. I, and I'm telling you, I look just like Jim Broadbent in that. I know we've talked about it before. In Bullets Over Broadway. When he turns to the camera and they show how fat he is after from the beginning of the run until now because he's been overeating because his life was threatened and everything. I look, that's how it looks in my mind. And I start to get so uptight that I have to get up and pace around until the scene is over um, as if I was watching a sporting event that I had money on. It was the exact same scenario. I couldn't believe it was happening. My cat couldn't believe it was happening. I was pacing around, panicking, you know, rubbing my hair, uh, you know, just going back and forth like I couldn't take it. Uh, the pressure, the, the, it, was, it was too, I'm like, I look horrible. I look horrible, let alone, and obviously this is all just coming from somebody's nervous Nelly head. Uh, I'm like, oh, my voice is disgusting. My voice is disgusting. Now, I love doing this podcast, and I love listening to it back. Every week, I listen, to, yes, I listen to my own podcast. I like to hear how it sounds in its entirety, and, and I, I enjoy my own podcast. What do, you, what do you want me to say? Why wouldn't I, right? I mean, I talk about things I like, so I listen to it back. Um, now, many things I can't watch over again. I don't think I'll be able to watch Crashing over again, but I can listen to this podcast all the time. I'm like, well, I think I have an okay speaking voice, whatever. It doesn't bother me, but oh, my God, I don't know why, but on that show, my voice... I, it just, it didn't fit my, like I felt it didn't fit my my face or my body. I, I, I don't know what the fuck happened. 
I've been on TV multiple times, but this really fucked me up. I don't know why. I just felt... uh, Meanwhile, you know, I mean, Sarah texted me. She's like, you were amazing. You were great in that episode. I'm like, I'm sorry, Sarah. All I could see that I was like fat and my my voice was gross. And she goes, she used this particular term about what it was that was happening and she's like no it don't that's your thing it it's not like that and that helped a little bit and it was certainly nice of her to to text and obviously everybody was saying nice stuff yeah they're making fun of my body uh make fun of my tits whatever you know like i mean i was expecting that anyway and that doesn't bother me that much i mean obviously it does obviously it does but it's just it's my own perception it's the reason i had my nose done it's the reason you know, I, 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 I do the best I can when I go out and I try and wear slimming clothing and, and black to, at least if I am fat, to try and pretend uh, that I'm not. Or at least the perception of what is in my head, my, my own matrix, as they say in The Matrix. I mean, I think about that all the time. The movie The Matrix, Keanu Reeves in his own mind, he's wearing that jacket and his hair looks good and he doesn't have the wires. He's like, no, this is your own self-image. You know, in my head, I in my head when I'm, thinking about my matrix i have i have so much hair i have to blow it out of my eyes uh you know with the side mouth i'm like uh and you know i'm thin and i'm probably wearing that jacket he was wearing maybe a leather jacket so i don't you know it is my own perception and i know it's that way but yet for some reason yesterday what can i say it affected me and i don't know i went i was like it's it's gross i'm gross uh you know, I don't know whether I could ever watch it again. I guess I'll, I I want to because I don't want to. I want to get over that and just you know then just kind of enjoy it. But uh, I don't know, you know. But everybody's saying, oh, it was the it's funny. You four are funny together. I, I you know obviously I want I want to be in it again. I want another chance. You know, without wearing a towel. You know how nervous I was about that. That's not that's unfair. I didn't look horrible with the devil's jersey on. You know, it's just. Then I'm just concentrating. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm bald. You know, there's no way to win. So I just have to go with it. But, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, oh, my God, I told girls to watch this. I'm like thinking. In fact, on Saturday when I came home, uh, Dan Natterman was kind enough. On, on, so on Friday night, so get this. Let me tell you about Friday. Friday night I go down to the Comedy Cellar. And uh, I because I'm going to see Mateo. Our friend Mateo from The Godfather sing Barbara Streisand songs at some dinner theater. So I invite that beautiful hot girl, Sophia, the British girl from uh, A Christmas Carol and the Football Show, to go with me. I said, do you want to see Mateo sing gay show tunes or whatever it was? She's like, sure, because she's been asking me, when do you want to hang out? When do you want to hang out? And um, she goes, can I invite my friend Ezzy? And I go, no, I only have two tickets. And she goes, well, I'm sure we can get... I'm like, no. So anyway, I go to the Comedy Cellar, and I'm there early, and I'm sitting at the comics table, and it was very exciting because we were talking about... I mentioned my article about a tell and the comics. And so then I was sitting at, like, kind of the head of the table with Esty, you know, the booker, and and, and Jim Norton, and Natterman, and uh, Keith Robinson. And I, we were talking about the list, and we were talking about a tell. It was very exciting because I felt like I... It had the forum, you know, it's, a, you know, <clears throat> and not really being a, a comic. It's, it's like a true honor to be able to sit at that table. And you guys all know what I'm talking about. Everybody knows the comics table, the comedy cellar. It's like, 
the ultimate of cool. It's like the Knights of the fucking round table. It's amazing. So it's always an honor. But I was reading the list. They, I guess they hadn't known about it, the Rolling Stones. And we were going over it. And I was talking about it. It was very exciting talking about the list. And uh, they were all like, uh, they were really being funny because I was afraid to say, I'm like, well, Margaret Cho or, you know, or J- oh, Janine Garofalo. All got, they all started going crazy. And I'm like, but, y- you know, she should be, whatever. So we were talking about it and it was kind of fun and it was exciting. And so Natterman, uh, by the way, tweeted, well, t- okay, let's go in order here. So then that girl Sophia comes in and she's wearing like short shorts. She's wearing exactly what I, she knows what I wanted to wear. But I thought it was cold. She's not even wearing a jacket. She's wearing a sweatshirt and short shorts and a baseball cap. And she looks unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. Everybody the seller now loves her because, I mean, she's ridiculous. But she brings two friends. She brings a boy and a girl. And we immediately go to another table because she's not allowed to sit at the comics table. And I remember she's 24. And I say to her, we sit down and I go, hey, no offense to you two, but what the fuck? I said, don't bring anybody. She goes, no, no, no. We'll just try and get them in. You know, like I said, it's sold out. And she goes, we'll just try and get them in. I'm like, listen, sweetie, your charms aren't going to work at this place. It's for homosexuals and not girl homosexuals. She was like, no, 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 I'll try and get it. I'm like, it's not, it's a sit down. I'm like, I don't know how to explain. I'm like, look, I specifically said, don't bring any friends. Like, I was very honest. I said, you guys seem very nice. The the guy she was with seemed very nice. Uh, the girl, whatever. I, I don't care. I know it wasn't a date. Uh, but I was just explaining to her, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So then we leave, we go past Jeff Ross's house. She goes, oh, Jeff wants to stop by. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to get to the, I don't want to be rude. I'm trying to get there on time. So I will stop by for five minutes. Then Jeff's like, yeah, maybe I'll go. I'm like, what, what are you people not understanding? It's sold out, but they're all like, I don't, I, I guess they're just not thinking of what it's going to be. So Jeff was going to meet. So we walk down there. It's on the other side of town. And. As soon as we get there, she goes to the guy who's seating us like, hey, I have two other friends. Can I get them in? He goes, no. And they just, fortunately, they just leave. But then she goes to Mateo like, hey, I have two other. I'm like, don't talk to Mateo. He's got it. We're trying to support him. Don't worry him about. He's so stupid. He didn't even get a ticket for his agent. And I said, well, I got her a ticket for our show, dummy. Uh, So then we sit down and it's like a dinner. And she just, until we sat down, she did not understand why I was being so adamant about her not bringing friends. She goes, oh, I didn't know it was, I'm like, well, I was trying to explain it to you. But then I wasn't angry with her because she's only 24. And I get if you're 24 and you haven't really lived in the city that long, you haven't been to one of these kind of shows. I get that. But it was just kind of so frustrating that I couldn't explain to her why it wasn't a more the merrier situation which I know she's all about. She's always like the more the merrier. Jeff Ross is like that. I'm obviously not like that, but I wouldn't have cared, but it's not like we can just sit in the back or whatever. It was a seated sit-down dinner, and then she's like, should I tell Jeff to come? And I'm like, why? Where is he going to go? You know, it's it, there was no seats. I, I yeah, Whatever. Anyway, uh, the show was okay. You know, he's okay you know my sister and i talk about this all the time he's very good he's very talented he's likable he's funny when he tells the stories thank god but you know his voice is like mine it's like if i was singing it's like it's okay it's fun but it's not that andrew reynolds voice which is just the shit you know what i'm saying so my sister and i were very judgmental about stuff like that and everyone else in that place who's not like a theater person or whatever is probably just like 
oh, he was great. He's amazing. He's so talented. And I agree that he's talented and all that, but it wasn't amazing. I, I thought actually he would be a little better. I thought his singing voice would be a little bit a little bit better, a little more octave, a little more range. I, I don't know what I'm thinking of the way I want it, but I know my sister understands, and I want it to be like Andrew Reynolds' voice, and that's all I want. And uh, if I can't have that, then I'm not interested. But um, again, I was there to support Mateo. He's a lovely kid. He's been helping me a lot, and uh, he, he did a great job. And then she left. I had to go home because I was sick, and you know, Gnome was like, you got to come back, and Jeff was like, you got to come back. I'm like, I can't go. I've got to rest up or this thing, this cold or whatever the hell I, I have, this virus will not go away. Yeah, from what I've heard from the people that have it, if you don't rest on it, you, you're just going to suffer another three weeks with it. So I was more than happy to go back home and uh, rest up on it. So Saturday I went to my mother's with my sister and then I was going home. You know, I told you, she's so annoying. She's got this boyfriend who's a delightful guy. It's his birthday Saturday. And we're like, well, why don't we take Al out for lunch? She's like, nah, I don't want. I'm like, oh, my God, you're a horrible human being. So we called it. We took him out for lunch. And it was so annoying because all he ever talked to, his stories are all about air conditioning units and uh, <laughs> stuff. It's really frustrating. But he's so nice. And my mother's having a lot of money issues because our dad was such a douchebag. For years, he used to tell us, for years, I mean, since we were little, he used to say, don't worry, you know, when I go, when your mother will be all set, nothing to worry about, I've set her up in a thing, you know, it's all set, but he did none of that, he did none of that, all the lies he was telling us, all these, you're all set, your mother's going to be all set, there's nothing, I got her set up for another 20 years, all lies, my sister and I just always do, we're like, why would he say that, why would he lie, do you think he hated us, like he was like trying to save from beyond the grave. Like I don't really think that, but I but what a douche. Like he 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 did the opposite. You know, he took a mortgage out on the house when he knew he was dying. Uh left us in a pickle. And uh you know, the way out of it is to marry her boyfriend who has money. And and there's the answer. I mean, it's a hilarious answer. And then I can finally legally change my name to David Pressler, which I've been waiting to do. David Pressler is a much better actor than David Jessica. He's, he's a lot thinner. He's got more hair. David Pressler is going to come onto the scene guns blazing. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be unbelievable. But uh, David Jessica was an idiot, a genuine jackass. But I'm going home on Saturday, and I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm in a betting frenzy, obviously, you know, with the Final Four and all that nonsense. And I've lost... By Friday, $700 again. You remember last week I lost two, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. And then on Saturday night, I won it all back. It was unbelievable. I won it all back again. I don't know what's happening this year. It's, it's a miracle. But anyway, I'm on the way home, and I'm driving uh, down the turnpike. And it's funny, you know, when I think about it, all I have to do is drive down the turnpike. It's just so hard to get out of the city. My mother lives off the turnpike, so I just have to get out of the tunnel, and I go in a straight line. Getting out of the city is so difficult in my head and you know in my head my head is insane it's very difficult to maneuver around my head which is why it's so difficult to do things on the weekend I'm like you know getting that car out is just so complicated but once you get it out it's awesome so I'm driving back and Dan Natterman had posted the Huffington Post article that I wrote about Atel uh, on Facebook and he's like hey here's Jessica's articles I told him about it he goes you know, let's come, let's talk, go on the podcast, let's talk about 
Um, I'm like, I'm always up for talking about that. And, you know, it's great having the discussion of who should be on and who's not, but it's also bad because, I mean, you're, you could go over that for, for years. But um, so he posted it, and I was seeing all the people that liked it, and it made me happy. But there was this one girl on it, I'm not going to mention her name, who's so hot, so hot. And I saw she liked it. And I'm like, you know what? I had talked to her before about maybe being at some shows. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm feeling so confident today because I'm on TV tomorrow. I'm going to find a way to text her and make an overture. I, I don't know. I'm feeling good today about it. Like, that's something I normally wouldn't do. So I did on Saturday night, and it was awkward and probably creepy. And, uh, she texted back a couple times and then we just kind of let it go. I never got to tell her I was on the show. I was, you know, heading to that, but it had to be organic, you know, so it wasn't, hey, you know. But now what I'm saying, the point of the story being, now that I've seen the show, I, I, I hope she didn't watch it. You know, if I'm trying to date somebody, I hope they haven't seen that show. It's one of those weird things. I know girls don't really care, but I mean, it's one of those things that's like, oh, he's on television, but, but, ew. I suppose it's in my mind. It's not, and it is, but I guess that's what I look like anyway. But in my mind, you know, I like to think I look more like Keanu Reeves. Uh, I mean, I know I don't. I'm just, you know, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the Matrix perception. Uh, so the good news is uh, they did have that one scene where I am jumping up and down in the devil's jersey um, you know, when we're talking about uh, coming in and doing the the misdirect of I got the job, I didn't. So I'm definitely going to send that to the Devils and hope they put it on the big screen uh, whenever the Devils score or they're going to score. Me jumping up and down in the Devil jersey. And get that at least, you know. That'll be pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. I got to watch the episode again because I, I, apparently as a whole, the episode, people really liked it. Alan Havey was really good, actually, and I don't really care for him, but he was really good as the evil uh, warm-up guy. I, I certainly know a lot of those guys. Uh, they're usually pretty nice. They're usually not like that, really, but it would make sense that they would be because so paranoid. So, you know, him and, and Dove, Davidov, They've done some really good acting work, these two comedians who have, you know, are playing characters in the show. They've done some really good acting work. Whereas me, I guess I'm playing myself. I got I don't know why I hated my voice too. What's that all about? But I guess other than that, I mean even you know, Artie looked great on the show. You know, he's just wearing what he's wearing, but he even looked good. Maybe I should have worn a baseball, maybe I should be like a tell, an Artie, just wear baseball caps all the time. Although I was wearing one on Saturday, I thought I looked stupid then too. Well, I looked like Forrest Gump. I got my hair cut. Speaking of which, you know, I live on a, like the you know nice place in Manhattan, I guess. I mean, nice area, you know, not the Upper East Side, but kind of. I'm at the barber shop, and this kid comes in. He's all cracked out. I mean, cracked out. We don't usually see people like that in our neighborhood. And, He's like, yeah, can I, can I get a haircut for free, man? I don't have any money. And it was like, we're, you know, one of those things, like, nobody's looking up. But fortunately, the guys in there, like, took care of it, like, quickly and got him to leave. Because, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's scary. You don't, you just don't know how it's going to go. You don't know what he's carrying. Uh, it's not your place to make the move. 
I've been in situations like that where I'm like, why aren't the owners of this place taking care of this instantaneously? Why aren't they putting a stop to it? So fortunately, these guys, I think they're Israeli, and they put a stop to it immediately, which is the right thing to do. Why do you want to make your customers feel uncomfortable? But it's like, <clears throat> I've never seen that guy before. I've never seen him since. He was terrifying. Just like the way he was talking. He was he was out of it. When you see people like that, it's... Uh, it's scary, you know, just because you just don't know what their move is going to be. And that's why, you, you know, you hear about a lot of them doing stuff they wouldn't do. And then the next day they're sober and they're like, wait, I did what? It's terrifying. Um, well, anyway, I'm taping this on uh, early because uh, tomorrow, I'm, uh, Tuesday, I'm doing uh, Tom Papa's show again. And there's another thing. I'm doing Tom Papa's show again. I love to be asked to do Tom Papa's thing again. And he wrote this thing for me, and I was reading it on Saturday, and it's all about me being an old stand-up comic. And I have all these jokes where my penis is small and everything. So again, I was going to, I told that girl, I was texting, I'm like, yeah, I'll be at the cellar on two, you know, being a big shot. I'm, I'm on Tom Papa's show. It's not a big deal. Meanwhile, the entire dialogue is like, my penis is so small, and you know, it's all jokes like that. And I'm like, this this is a fucking nightmare. I don't know how I'm going to ever meet anybody. It's like in that uh, movie, Funny People, Adam Sandler's going to Seth Rogen. He's like, stop talking about masturbation on stage. You're never going to get laid. It's like, that's what I feel like. I, there's just no way to win here. But I love doing a show, so I'm honored to be doing it. And then Wednesday, I'm going to see the gayest of all things. I really don't even know how to describe it to you. It's some guy I know I... I did a voiceover for him, so I have to go. This guy I've known for years. And he's, I don't know, is he, he's either managing or telling a story of some Japanese geisha. I mean, really, I don't think it's going to get any gayer than that. But again, you know, I like supporting my friends and I uh, like doing stuff like that. So even though I hate it because I hate leaving the house, but then once I'm out of the house, I'm glad I did it and I'm glad I went out. So blah, 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 blah. Also... I'm planning on going to Florida next week, I think. You know, I, I get so uptight about that because I just, you know, I'm uptight anyway, but I never know what to do with my cat. Um, my nephew's, uh, you know, going to be in a band while going down Main Street or something or a chorus. I, I don't know what he's doing, but I thought I'd go. Plus, you know, my friend Katie's down there and stuff, and it's her birthday. I figured hit two birds with one stone and I never go anywhere and I never go on any kind of vacations, even though it's technically it doesn't seem like a vacation. It's only two days off from work. Who cares? But then that next Monday when I come back is Passover and I got to make like three matzo lasagnas on Sunday when I come back. You think it's easy being me? Just listen, I make a delicious matzo lasagna. I can't help it. It's a, it's very difficult. People, the people are screaming for it. They love the matzo lasagna. Billy and Dory, they don't like anything. They like the matzo lasagna. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm not going to make the matzo lasagna. I got to make three matzo lasagnas when I come home on Sunday from Florida. Come on. That's going on. Three matzo lasagnas. I'm going to be like uh, Joe Pesci's mother in uh, Goodfellas. I, I can't. When I, I know he's home. I don't see him enough. You know what she does in that thing when she's like, it's a painting. Yeah, one dog's looking east, one dog's looking west. So what? <laughs> I don't know why she says it like that. I like this dog because this dog's looking this way, this dog's looking the other way. The guy's like, what do you want me for? She's like, yeah, one dog's looking east, one dog's looking west. So what? Why she say so what? Nobody's complaining about it. I know we played that last week. I could play that a hundred times. 
Yeah, we got the uh, thing. You know, poor little uh, deer. You know, I got caught the uh, the pork. I cut the, the, the poor the, uh, the hoof, hoof. I cut it. That reminds me. I got to borrow this knife. I'll give it back to you. I'll give it back to you. Did I? Did I even tell you? So you, he says, it's like, well, you talk about my wife two timing me. She says, so you're always talking. Uh yeah. So I, yeah. then of course I just told you. Go see Groundhog Day, the musical. And then go see Dear Evan Hansen, the musical. Seeing a lot of musicals. What can I do? I like musicals. And then we got The Godfather coming up May 9th. The script is not completed, but it will be hopefully by April 1st, which is coming up. And then I can cast and put the tickets up for sale. In the final episode of The Godfather. And then I'll really have nothing going on. And, uh, I got to come up with something, you know. I don't know what, though. Dave Juskow's got to come up with a plan. But I always do somehow or another. Um, what next? The Up front, I played a clip of the gong show with David Tell. As you all know, Chuck Barris died last week. Um, I bring him up to, you know, I bring up people that die that have some form of influence on my life. Uh, that's what we usually talk about on this show. I don't think that's selfish in any way. That's what we do. That's what the podcast is all about. It is called the Dave Juskow podcast. How did Chuck Barris influence my life? I mean, you know, we talk about Al Jarreau. How did Al Jarreau influence Dave Juskow's life? Well, that gong show, when I, I was in junior high when that was on, and it was huge. For people who were in junior high, it was like made for kids in junior high. Um, even though it was on in the afternoons, I don't know when anybody watched it. Somehow we did. And uh, it was a huge sensation. And I remember my, I guess it must have been in ninth grade. I was never getting into plays in junior high, which used to make me furious. And somehow I became friendly with the guy who was doing the plays, but I, even though I still couldn't get in for some God knows reason, and I was the best singer in the uh, junior high. I was the best singer in the... I, I was the most talented in the junior high, but for some reason he didn't like me. But then there was some sort of turnaround. My friend Lawrence helped me, and then he liked me a little. And so what we were going to do was a variety show. We were going to do the gong show. We were going to do the gong show. And I was already chosen to be Chuck Barris. And I was going around school as the shit because I was going to be Chuck Barris. And the way he was, like, I did a good Chuck Barris. And what, what is that involved? You know, I was just wearing a hat and I would clap my hands and point and people liked it. Because remember, I told you in eighth grade, I would only do, I would do imitations from High Anxiety, the movie, the uh, Mel Brooks movie. Uh, you know, I would sing the song High Anxiety from... Uh, you know, high anxiety, it's always the same. Anxiety, it's you that I blame. It's very clear to me. I've got to give in. And when you take my hand, my star- world starts to spin. You win. Key change. High anxiety. 
It's always the same. Anxiety. <clears throat> I've told you about this before on the show. I used to sing that song just before Spanish class in eighth grade. And I'm telling you, it was if I ever do a biography of myself, I'm opening with that. And then I would go around because he has a little scene in the high anxiety. He goes, where are you from, Tex? You know, guys, and, and the, the classmates would play along, you know, so. They'd be like, uh, from Cincinnati. Cincinnati, love that big red machine. And like, what, what is this, rice? Right? Yes, we were just married. When? Today. And they said it wouldn't last. I mean, I would go around until the teacher came in, and then she'd get angry at me because I was singing, doing a little dance number, play, pretending I had the microphone and whipping it. I was doing everything I was doing because that movie was hot at the time. So, And I guess I was the class clown or whatever, but uh, everybody loved it, you know, so... Hying, key change, anxiety, it's always the same. And I'm, I'm telling you, you should have seen, even the girls were just like, God, he's dreamy. <laughs> so I love doing that kind of stuff. And one of the things, you know, the gong show was, uh, you know, big at that time. So I was going to be Chuck Barris and we were going to do three shows for the seventh, eighth and ninth graders. And I was going to play Chuck Barris. And we had auditions. And I was at the auditions helping them decide who was going to be in the show. I mean, it was very exciting for me to be in charge of something like that. And the long story short is they canceled the show because all of the auditioners were horrible except for two girls that sang a Chicago song. Did they they do 24 or 64? I can't remember. Or Saturday, Saturday in the Park. And uh, they were the only ones who were good. And the guy decided, you know, we got to cancel the show. We have horrible acts. And it was devastating for me. Devastating. But the worst part was there was this kid, Michael Simberg. And I'll never forget. And he begged me, he goes, Dave, please, I got to be Chuck Paris. Just let me do one of the shows. Let me do one of the shows. And it really freaked me out because my sister was like, no, because you have other friends in eighth grade and stuff that want to see you do. Like it was he, he was like begging me to do it. Oh, God. It still bothers me to this day. Like, he was taking away the fun because he was like, come on, you got to let me do it. You got to let me do it. He wasn't bullying me. He was just being a nudge. The the fact that he was even asking was so balls to the walls, it was confusing for me. I couldn't even believe somebody was asking. I finally got, you know, a a part, and I don't know. It was frustrating. So, in a way, I was almost glad it didn't happen because I didn't have to worry about that nonsense. But I feel like it could have kind of changed my life around in a way. I know it's ridiculous, but... Like, I would have been a big junior high star. You know, and this is that anti-Semitic school. So winning all the approval of the Jew haters, you know, in an anti-Semitic school, would you know, it, that's when you kind of win. I, I feel like it just would have changed things around somehow. I, I don't know. And that's why I always think about the gong show and Chuck Barris and, you know, such a... He really had it uh, such an interesting idea and he really uh you know this guy knew how to craft a game show and he did it a really good way from hollywood almost live it's the gong show and now ladies and gentlemen the host and star of the show the indescribably delicious chuck Berry.
that music alone is so good. It's so cool. It just gives it that fun effect. And remember, the judges were always dancing and singing, except for Letterman. You, there's so there's so much footage of Letterman being a judge, and he's just like, I hate this. It's so funny, especially now that we know. Um, the other people who were on it were just into it, and they're like, this is fun. And they really made it a party. And why wouldn't you like it? You know, when there was such nonsense on TV, something like this that comes along that's stupid and silly and really made for kids my age more than anything else. Remember, it was so popular, even Carol Burnett, that, you know, she had the Eunice and Mama sketch and Eunice appeared on the gong show and then it got serious at the end. It was so weird. But um, it was such a fun show if you're a kid, and they've been trying to update it ever since. I mean, and remember, I mean, if you're looking at The Voice or American Idol or America's Got Talent, it all started with the gong show. This Chuck Barris, no matter how deluded he was with his nonsense in the CIA, because I actually read that book because I was so fascinated. I actually read that book and then saw the movie. I couldn't even believe it. So ridiculous, him in the CIA. It's so stupid. But I mean, that book, once I heard about the premise that, you know, he was making assassinations for the CIA and then he was producing the gong show and the dating, I'm like, that, that, that's a story for me. Uh, but he, you know, he created the dating game and the newlywed game. I mean, this guy was good. You know, he was really smart. And then just putting himself in it. And he was really good. He fit the show perfect. You know, it wasn't like it was a guy that's like, why is he in this? No, he was. He was weird and awkward and knew how to work with the guests and make it a fun time. He would come out in different hats and a hockey stick and just like, why? And they're like, because who cares? Why does a host always... I, I, he broke the bolt. Why does a host always have to come out in a jacket and tie and be so stiff? You know, why, why, why does the... We were making fun of that in college. There was a show here in the East Coast called Wonderama. And, you know, we were making fun when we were in college. We did a thing called Panorama where I play um, the host because the host would always have to wear a jacket and tie of a kid's show. A host is wearing a jacket and tie. We just said he's probably coming back, probably works at a job like I do or something, carrying the briefcase. And so the opening of the scene that we do, I come in the jacket and tie with my briefcase. I just got out of work and now I'm doing a kid's show. And that was the premise because that's the way it looked. Like, why would it? You know, why would a kid show host have to wear a jacket and tie? So this guy, he broke the mold. Uh, I'm a game show host. Why do I have to wear a jacket and tie? This is a good time. Why make it so stiff? The uniform alone makes it seem stiff. So he would just dress up in lots of different stuff. Sometimes he'd wear a tuxedo. It was like wear interesting hats, and he was awkward and weird, and it was a really fun show. And it's funny, you know, Howard Stern talks about uh, it all the time because, you know, they made a movie, the Gong Show movie, because back then... Uh, they would always take a very... I mean, this is before they would take a popular TV show and make it a movie, but, but they, they would like... You know, they did it with Get Smart, with the nude bomb. It was always horrible, always horrible. I mean, the only thing that... The reason they might have done that is because Star Trek was working. It's the only thing I can put my finger on that they were taking these shows back then, and, you know, and they're still doing it. I mean, Chips just, thank God, tanked at the box office today. They're still doing it. Baywatch is coming out this summer. but uh, So they made a gong show movie. And I think Chuck Barris was so embarrassed about it. It hasn't even... It only came out on like DVD Blu-ray last year. Uh, I don't think I went to the movie suit, but I remember seeing it on TV and cable. It's unwatchable. And Howard Stern 
talks about it insensible incent you know you know what word I'm looking for uh, porky pig um talks about it all the time because that influenced private parts in the sense of what Howard didn't want private parts to be if the gong show movie hadn't been made it's possible private parts would have been a disaster just like it because <coughs> in the gong show uh, all these acts are just the whole premise is him walking around LA and all these acts are coming to audition for the gong show and it's unwatchable and horrible and so depressing and you know Howard's movie could have completely been like that all freaks and weirdos coming to just audition for him when he's walking down the street it could have completely been like that he goes I don't want to make it like the gong show and in doing so he made a terrific really great movie about radio that um, you know has never been before or since you know there's no thank god he made a movie about that about what radio is and was back then because otherwise we would never know what it was like and it's completely interesting you know that movie i mean if you take out even the howard stuff just the radio parts and what you can and can't do and what was happening back then very fascinating but yeah he looks at that gong show movie as the catalyst for what not to do when making a movie when you work with freaks and whack packers and stuff like that so anyway, you know, as the influence continues, uh, you know, they were trying to, I believe, I believe they bought it back with, uh, who's married to Roseanne, uh, that idiot, Tom Arnold, uh, had a version of the gong show, I believe. I don't know whether they aired it or it was just a pilot. And then, of course, my pal, David Tell, did a version of the gong show with David Tell did eight episodes. I went out to LA and he was like, all right, I don't know what what, what you're going to do in it, but I know we'll have something for you. And I remember when I got there, my name was just on the board. It was great. Like he really took care of me and uh, put me in the show. And then what we decided while we were there and like the writer's room and stuff, which was a classic day. As I remember, Kurt Metzger was, he hired Kurt Metzger to fly out. And I knew everybody in the writer's room and Kurt Metzger was just like, that's, that's impossible. How could you possibly know all these people? And I'm like, Kid, I'm a lot older than you. I've been in the business for years. You got to understand how this works. It was really funny. I'll never forget that day. It was so, because he's just like, why does he know everybody? Um, But we came up with the bit that I would appear at the end of every episode and they would run out of time. That was going to be my bit. Uh, Greg Fitzsimmons was the showrunner and, you know, he's great. So that's what we decided we we're going to do. The clip I played up front, uh, which was this one, was like one of, you know, it was two seconds, but it was something to do. <laughs> Our next performer has one of the wildest acts I've ever seen. Get ready to have your mind blown by Dave Jaskow and the Train B Circus. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. No, 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 please. These are very special African jellyfish bees, and they don't like sound very much. So when you, no, 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 they hate the sound more than anything. Anyway, uh, so we did eight of those. Here's another one, stupid. Fresh from his off-Broadway show, The Life and Times of Oscar Mayer, from Tom's River, New Jersey, please welcome Dave Juskow. When a wiener's in your mouth and you feel it going south, diarrhea. We're out of time. Sorry, guys. Sorry, brother. No, we're out of time, man. We're out of time. Um... It was all gags like that. I, there's eight of them, but I couldn't. I didn't have time. It was today. I wasn't sure if I was doing the podcast. So I didn't have time to get a, a bunch more. There's one where I play uh, 
you know, uh, what do you call him, Lord Fulton? You know, with ACDC, where he's wearing the shorts or whatever. Um, you know, doing that when I got my shirt open, playing the guitar. Um, then there's one where I'm wearing a broccoli costume and a, uh, you know, in a leotard. Maybe I wasn't as fat back then, so it didn't bother me. Um, a chef in one of them. It was really fun, and it was something to do. And and the, you know where they messed up that show? Dave had it right, and Comedy Central really dropped the ball on it. I think it could have lasted a while. Um, at this point, there was already American Idol and shows like that. So if you were there watching the show, watching the raw footage, it was great the way Dave was interacting with the guests, which is what the gong show was supposed to be. It wasn't about the talent. The talent was stupid. The interaction with the guests, with the, with the, the guests, you know, it was like Norton and Greg Giraldo and Triumph, the insult comic, and Dave Navarro. It was the Dave's interaction and his back and forth, with him and Andy Dick yelling at each other and screaming and doing bits. That was the show. But Comedy Central cut it up, so they made it about the stupid acts. Well, they already have shows with stupid acts. So that was they were missing the entire point of the show. What's the big deal if they take five minutes out of the show and, and, and Dave and Andy Dick are riffing? That should be the show. That's the fun of the show. And they totally dropped the ball on that. And that's why it got canceled after the eight episodes. They really missed it. But I'm telling you, if you were there watching it live, the banter between the, the four of them, uh, Dave and the three, you know, uh, gong people were amazing. And uh, that was the fun of the show. And as I remember, I told you because I tried to get a clip of Triumph making fun of Kate Walsh because he hated Kate Walsh because she was late. And she was really angry, and he was really angry, and he was going to let her have it, but he didn't let her. I think they cut out all the stuff that he really let her have it with. Because, you know, Triumph, he doesn't have time for shit. And he was really mad that he was waiting for Kate Walsh to show up and be a, a cunt. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, that all being said, that is the gong show. Um, you know... There was an article today in the paper about these little girls, 10-year-old girls, on United Airlines, and they were wearing leggings, and they were forced to, they were barred from going on the flight because the airlines didn't feel that was appropriate dress code, and everybody was complaining about it. Uh, the controversy surfaced when Colorado activist Shannon Watts tweeted that she had just witnessed the girls being turned away from their Denver to Minneapolis flight. Uh, I guess United not letting women wear athletic wear. Apparently United is policing the clothing of women and girls. Watch what. Here's the problem, though. What people didn't realize is that they were on, the, the girls were on a, 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 does anybody care if they're wearing leggings? No, but they were on a friends and family tickets, which means that they were flying for free. They were on a standby. And then, so as that sense, they're United guests. And if you if, and they're treated as United employees. And United has a dress code. I can't go to work in leggings or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I can't go to work in jeans, except on Fridays now. Uh, so it's the same thing. And they're complaining, but these they're breaking the rules. They're like, you're, you're our guests on a friends and family pass which makes you kind of an employee of United, you got to dress appropriately. And you know what? Thank God they didn't let a guy on. Uh, where is this? Uh, oh, 
model Christy Teague. You know how we fucking love her. I have flown United before with literally no pants on, just as a top is addressed. Next time, I'll wear only jeans and a scarf. I mean, what an asshole. You're missing the point. First of all, Christy Teigen, no one's going to stop you. You wear whatever you want, and everybody's always going to be okay with it. Whatever you wear is not the issue. You're the hottest girl, and you're annoying, but you are hot, and nobody's going to complain what you're wearing. Of course, nobody's going to complain that you're wearing just no dress, just a pants. I mean, come on. Ugh, it's like you're the worst person to weigh in on this. But we've seen the way people dress on planes, and I've talked about it before. I always want to wear a jacket and tie. I want to see people dress up. Not dress up, but wear casual for your fellow flyers who don't want to see your horribleness of the way you dress. And, you're, and again, wearing shorts on a plane as a man, you're an asshole. I, you know, it's just, I don't know why. It's just stupid. And, and it's just so impolite and disrespectful for other people. So I love that United Airlines just told them to shut up, especially since they were acting as employees. They're not telling other people how to dress, but I wish they would because people on planes are gross. I understand wearing sweats on a plane because you want to be comfortable, but you've seen, you know the people I'm talking about who are completely repulsive and clearly don't care about anyone else they might have to sit next to. It's so uncool. Uh, Watson, a man who appeared to be a relative of the girls, was wearing shorts that were no more appropriate. He had khaki shorts that did not cover his knees. I mean, it's like, that's what I'm talking about. Why would a dude be wearing that kind of outfit? You know, even if you're gay or whatever you're doing, you know, have respect for other people who don't care to see that. Why do you have to be defiant if you're, you're being defiant to the airline, but you're being defiant also to your fellow Travel companions, and this is one of the reasons I hate to fly. People are so disrespectful. I really try hard, again, to just sit in my seat and be respectful and not be uncool uh, and just be not be impolite. You know, you try hard because everybody's in the flight together and you're all boxed in and just seems like you should at least shower or dress nice and not be... Uh, 500 pounds and sitting next to somebody god that's so annoying too and they they, i mean i I, you'd hope they order two seats but even so if you got to sit oh god that's the worst right uh and i guess lastly the uh you know there's that statue i I made a comment of it on twitter the uh, fearless girls statue that's you know looking at that bull in uh, the Wall Street area, you know, the Merrill Lynch uh, area, whatever it's called. And there's a big bull there, and they put that fearless girl, and people that, people that, you know, they're taking videos of guys, like, trying to fuck it up the ass or whatever like that, and, and people are upset. I'm like, that it's there. for That's what happens. You put a statue right there, that's what's going to happen, you know? So relax about that. We get the statement, and everybody wants them to take it down, but then the women's groups are like, why? Why should we take it down? But you know who has the best... Uh, weigh in on this is the guy that made the bull apparently 20 years ago the guy that sculpted the bull which is supposed to represent you know wall street at its at its time when it won't die and you know when there was a bit of a depression and he's like we'll come back he's mad because i'm like well who is this girl standing up to the bull you're missing the point of my bull of why it's here he's like get rid of this whore i don't want her here this it's mixing up the the message of why i put it here for free as a thank you you're to you're welcome thank you new york 
I'm doing this because I love New York and the city and the sculpt is just like what why are you why is there controversy? This girl is ruining it. The bull's not trying to hurt anybody. He's making a statement. Now you're making it with this girl standing there like the bull's trying to attack her. Take that girl out of there. Put her somewhere else. Jesus Christ, everybody's insane. Everyone's insane. What is happening? Worried about the stupidest stuff. That's my job. That's my job. I worry about the stupidest stuff. And then I complain about it this podcast. And then, well, you know what? I'm just as bad as everybody else. What am I doing? I'm writing a Huffington Post article. I'm like, how dare you don't have David telling? Oh, my God. I'm just as bad. I'm just as bad. What's the matter with me? What happened to me? I used to be cool. And I'm only saying that because I was never cool. I, call, I called an old girlfriend uh, over the weekend, too. I, I was just like, yeah, how's, how's it going? Like, I was trying to tell her I was on the TV show. I, but it, it just never came up, so I couldn't get it out. Now I'm glad. Ugh. Well, listen, you know, the fact is I'm, I'm a little, I'm obviously a little upset, but, um, you know, my friend Joe always says, you know, when you're upset, just play, uh, just play this. Oh. Hi. Hi. My name is Greg. Is it? Yes. My name is Larry. Hi. A great pleasure to meet you. Oh, thank you. Well, you're very welcome. So, what are you drawing? Oh, I'm just doodling. That's a Hitler mustache. That's Hitler hair. What's a Hitler? Oh, <laughs> Hitler was a bad man. A bad man? Very bad man. Oh, my God. Yes, he started a war. He, oh. he, didn't, he didn't really care for Jews. He thought they were a bit much. Oh, I would kick his butt. Would you? Yes. Good for you. What's that? What are you watching in there? Project Runway. Good show. And what do you like about it? The fashion. It's like the best show ever. You like fashion? Yes, I do. Hmm. Ooh, what's that right there? Oh, that's called a uh, swastika. I like how the lines just go straight and then up and then down and then straight and then up and then down. It's beautiful. My birthday's coming up in a week, so can you get me one? A swastika? Yeah. I, I don't know, Greg. I'll have to think about that. They should start selling them in every gift shop in New York City. Yeah, I don't think Jews would like that. Get a life, Jews. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is your mom ready? Okay, sweetie. Nana's waiting for you. She's going to give you a bath, okay? Okay. okay. Take care of her. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. He's something else, isn't he? That's an understatement. Oh. Happy birthday! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, let me check what is it. What is it? What is it? It's a sewing machine. It's a sewing machine. <laughs> it's a sewing machine! Oh my god, I'm gonna make the Gump the Wing costume, make me the Lewis, the Wizard of Oz. You're gonna make the Wizard of Oz costume? Yes! Which one? Dorothy. I love it, I love it, I love it. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Larry. You're welcome, Greg. A sewing machine? Yeah, he loved it. <laughs> what, are you trying to turn him gay? 
Oh, it still works. It still works. It's such a great show. By the way, I found out I will be auditioning for Tootsie. Very exciting, right? I think you'll find you picked the wrong man to challenge, Miss Kimberly. It was you who put... Look at me when I talk to you, Dr. Brewster. I don't trust a man who won't meet my eye. I don't trust it in a bank teller. I don't trust it in an insurance salesman. And I certainly don't trust it in a cheap surgeon. Now, it was you who provoked this confrontation, sir. You're an incredibly insensitive woman, Miss Kimberly. Stop thinking of me as a woman, Medford, and start thinking of me as a person. That's what Southwick General is made of. People. Oh. And have Nurse Cross see me immediately. Okay, one. Push in for a close-up. Not, Not too close. close. Okay, hold it there, one. I was supposed to kiss her. Well, that's the part I'm hoping for, but I heard they changed the parts around. But still, that'll be exciting, huh? Can you imagine? I mean, even, uh, you know, if it doesn't happen or anything, I mean, auditioning for a Broadway show, well, that's exciting. There's a little dream come true action, I suppose. It'll just be like Andrew Reynolds in uh, last night's episode of Girls. Uh, it's just the, the gayest of all things I've um, ever seen. So, uh, that all being said, I guess that's uh, the end of our show this week. Sorry it's a little abbreviated and a little, uh, you know, is uh, maybe not uh, put together as I'd like. And we haven't had a guest in a long time, but I guess I've been busy, busy, busy but i'll uh, try and always uh, put it together and try and have the best show to you that i can because uh, that's what you people deserve because it's uh you know you gotta love the show hey everybody i want everybody to have a great week because uh you know we're getting into april and maybe the weather will get nicer and everybody will be happier because this weather has really been shitty up and down making everybody feel bad and we like sun and good perfect weather and good times and we all deserve it because we've had a a nasty few months plus you know doing this one in the bedroom today in the daylight oh I'll be able to do that when i get home soon i like it you know i come out of my shell after uh no more darkness and four o'clock in the afternoon which is just so depressing but all that's going away we're coming on the other side of it and I guess I will talk to you next week. I'm going to leave for Florida, but uh, we'll figure it out. We'll put together a nice little podcast for you and have something prepared for everybody. So we'll see you next time on the Dave Juskow Podcast. And thanks for listening to my rant about crashing. I apologize. And that's uh, just the way it is. What can I do about it? I'll see you next week on the Dave Juskow Podcast. Good night, everybody.